Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good friend, Seth Robinson. Seth? I'm here. I'm uh, looking out the window, wishing it were a little warmer outside, but I'm here. Yeah, we're getting snow in, in about an hour here, which is the most depressing thought on a Friday um, on April 6th, but I guess it's New England and that's life. But Yeah, um, I suppose. My kids are on spring break this week and it, uh, it's not very springy. It's not was... been springy at all. <laughs> no, I was out there this week. It was so good to see you. Yeah, it was good to see you too. Uh, like I said, when, when you took off, we've seen each other for two weeks in a row, which is I know. almost unheard of. But yeah, you got a little little flavor of our weather here, which isn't that much different than your weather there. But uh, it was nice to see you. There were some good conversations taking place here at HQ. Yeah, they definitely were. I thought it was a, a good couple of days. And I had the great fortune to visit your new house, which is so lovely. So thank you for having me over. Oh, thank you for coming. I was uh, glad to show it off. Yeah, it's wonderful. Really nice. So congrats to you guys all. Thanks. Like, like you said, it was, it was good to hang out and uh, there was a lot going on. Todd Thibodeau, our CEO, came out and talked for a little while about some of his thoughts about what's going on in the economy and politics. He started with politics, which was kind of a funny starting yeah, point. Yeah, pretty much covered all of uh, everything you can think of for the yeah. most part. He had movie references, he had politics, he had the economy, technology, obviously. So, um, yeah, it was a very interesting discussion. One of the things he talked about is what we wanted to talk about this week. Actually, I think the, the, the better starting point for this discussion is back with the outlook and the, the trends that we had. One of the trends is around the technology industry and the fact that the way we put it in the report was technology is no longer going to get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think there have been several events over the past few months uh, and at the, at the end of last year we were all really feeling how the attitude towards technology and the tech industry was beginning to shift uh, because of some of these events, security breaches and whatnot. Uh, And so we highlighted that in the outlook and that momentum or negative momentum or whatever it is has only continued with some of the things that have happened this year. We've got um, one of Uber's self-driving cars, uh, hit someone out in Phoenix, it was, and uh, and yeah. unfortunately that person was killed in that accident. And then there have been a lot of things with Facebook, with the election, and the newest thing with Cambridge Analytica. And Tesla. Yeah, Tesla also had another accident with one of their cars. Yeah. And, and so what Todd hit on was the privacy part of it. He, he was saying that, you know, when it comes to privacy, the, the reality is a lot of people don't care. You know, we we write about it. And when we're in the industry, we can really get uh, ramped up about it. But, you know, how much effect is this really having? And so that's what I think we wanted to talk about. You actually sent me a couple articles over the past couple weeks that were touching on this. Uh, One of them coined a term that neither one of us had heard of, tech lash. Right. You know, what is going on with this, you know, either backlash or tech lash or just sort of uh, slight mistrust or, or changing attitude towards technology? I think, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with we're becoming a maturing indus- industry. And and as such, we're being held to different standards. So the tech industry 
has always been sort of the upstarts and the entrepreneurs and the cool kids, however you want to put it, and they could throw things at the wall and see what sticks and, and you know, trying to drive innovation. But now we're talking like we've discussed before, you know, the top five companies market cap, you know, out there are, you know, are tech companies now. And so high tech is no longer the little like engine that could that's kind of driving cool new things. Yes, we're still doing that. However, we now are like we're like big pharma. You know, we are the major part of the economy, if not the most major part of the economy. And as such, I think that comes with a different set. Well, it comes with different scrutiny by the consumers out there. And it comes with a different set of, of requirements, I think. And I don't know that our industry has caught up to that. I mean, if you've seen Facebook on its, you know, apology tour of the last week or two, like at first when the, the, the Facebook thing happened, you know, Zuckerberg's position was more like, hey, we're just the platform, you know, people signed up for this. People agreed to have their information captured by us. We're not doing anything underhanded here. And I shouldn't need to be the spokesperson for this issue that happened with Cambridge Analytica. And there was a, definitely a brashness and an arrogance to him. And I, and I know that that's part of his personality, but he sort of changed his position this week because there has been so much tech lash, my favorite new word. And I, I think he's changed his position a little bit because he's realizing, oh, I, I really might need to get out there and actually take some responsibility for this or at least talk about it out in public. Uh, and I think it all goes back to my initial point is that the technology industry is, is not the little new renegades anymore. We are a maturing sector. And as such, it's, you know, it really makes a difference in how we comport ourselves and deal with public and deal with people's information and, and in general function as, as business entities. That's a great point about the industry maturing, uh, because I think that you can go back through history and look at things that have happened in different societies or, or things that have happened in, in other industries. And, you know, the stories that you tell, the behavior that you have as a small upstart or as a relatively insignificant part of the picture is something very different from the way you have to behave and the way that you're perceived when you're running the show. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think you're right, that that's sort of the tipping point that we've crossed here. And it, it makes for kind of a big challenge. One of the things that you sent me was around kind of the outsize effect that technology stocks and technology companies are having on the market. And I, I think that governments aren't quite sure what to do with this. You know, for one, not everyone inside of a government entity would completely understand all of the implications around tech. We've saw, seen some of that in uh, the past when people like want Apple to create a backdoor in their iPhone uh, and cryptography just doesn't necessarily work that way. But beyond that, if, if the role of government is to provide some regulation around any segment having outsize influence, I think that looks very different with technology than it has in the past. So if you think about big oil or the railroads or big pharma to some extent, and the, the ability of those industries or a given company in those industries to control a choke point in the supply chain and thereby set prices and influence consumers and whatever, that's not exactly what's happening with technology. That was some of the concern with Microsoft in the 90s, but that's mm -hmm. not the case today You know, with Google or Facebook or Apple really to, to some extent. You know, they are providing 
certain experiences. And as they provide those experiences, they accrue more customers because they have the best technology. Uh, and as they do that, they kind of create a monopoly, but the consumers are actually benefiting. And so what exactly is the leverage to set regulation on? And I'm borrowing some of these thoughts from Ben Thompson of Stratechery. Uh, he writes about this in, in quite a bit of detail. But that's the issue that's being faced here is, is that you don't, wouldn't necessarily regulate technology the same way that you've regulated industries in the past. And so there has to be a new way of doing it. And if you would like the industry to self-regulate, then we're back at your point of saying that, you know, this is kind of maturing. And a lot of the people that are in the industry don't necessarily have the, the insight or the expertise to provide the self-regulation that, that we need, given the scope that tech has right now. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think the whole regulation um, discussion is is very tricky for the for the tech industry, but I think there is there, there there does lie some responsibility when it comes to capturing people's information, their own personal information, and then again, what can be done with that? One of the articles that I sent you was about it's not just the personal; it's what can be done with the personal that will affect our society and our you know, for instance, our election. So being able to use all of the personal information that gets captured on a platform like Facebook and have that be put in the hands of a type of company like Cambridge Analytica who can do some serious analysis around that personal information and then tailor uh, the information that gets put out, advertising, uh, news stories, whatever it happens to be, to the specific individual and knowing that that's the type of individual who would consume that type of information in a certain way and it could impact or influence the way that they decide to vote, the way that they decide to behave within the larger context of our civic organization, you know, our civic world. That's the scary part. But that being said, it's really hard to regulate. And I'm thinking more like on a Facebook position. It's hard to regulate when you have users who are fully willing to give over their information. And, and that's what we all do. I mean, there's this sort of like faux outrage, I think. Oh, my God, they, 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 they're looking at our stuff. And, you know, as Todd was saying in our meeting the other day, he's like, of course, they're looking at our stuff. You know, young people know that they're offering up, you know, all kinds of information willingly uh, and not freaking out about it. The, those of us who are of a, a much older age, myself included, you know, maybe are a little bit more freaked out about it because, wow, I didn't realize that they had this and this and this and this, but I think I'm being naive. Uh, and I, I, I think they do have that kind of information. So we have to weigh is this, how do you, how do you regulate that when you actually have on the user end of things, have a willing body of people who are handing over their private information? And so where do you step in? Does the government regulate? Do companies self-regulate? I, I think it comes down to the end user and just opting out. And you, you have that choice if you want to. I think a lot of it does come down to the end user and how they manage themselves. And I see a difference when I look at the way that I use technology uh, and, and have it incorporated into my daily life versus how my kids do it. Uh, and not only are they more natural with it, but I, I have a growing sense that they're, they're more compartmentalized about it. I, I think that I felt like social media was kind of an extension of who I was. And as, as I was extending who I was, as I was sharing things online, then maybe I began to have privacy concerns. And I get a sense looking at them that 
they behave, here's how I behave with technology. And I'm fully aware that they're sharing the information and I'm doing that, but I keep that over here and I do it all the time, but I have kind of a piece of myself over here. And so I'm using technology almost on an ongoing basis, but it's still kind of in its own space versus just being an extension. And and I think that will drive their usage of that a little bit more. I think that might drive them to be slightly more aware of the settings that they would have or the filters that they would have because they're so highly aware of what they want to do in that technology space. And maybe I'm completely off base about this, but I just, I do see a little bit of a difference there with them. Do you feel like you kind of see the same thing with your kids? Yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, my kids are very social media focused but they're also finicky in their behaviors. Uh, so, you know, for instance, my oldest daughter at this point is kind of off Snapchat. She's just like done with it. And none, and, and as far as Facebook goes, I mean, we've discussed this before. That's not really a platform. She has a Facebook page, my oldest daughter. I think she never had one until she went to college. And I think that's just sort of a thing you have to do. But she's not active on it at all. But, yeah, I do think there's some compartmentalization that goes on with kids you know, your daughter, I saw this week, was reading a book, a library book. I was like, this is the boat, as quaint as it gets, you know. And my kids, my do- both my daughters still read books. And that's, a, you know, I, I know a lot of kids don't, but they do, both of them. And um, I consider that, like, their other life. It's like this other thing that they do as far as just not being on the technology platforms all the time. And so, you know, I think the younger generation is really going to determine how technology industry behaves going forward. And all of us who are, you know, with our pitchforks and, you know, out there screaming and freaking out about you've stolen my private information. I think the way that the younger generation is going to deal with this is going to have far more influence on how technology companies uh, regulate themselves in the future versus whatever you and I have to say about it. Right, right. I, I think that, you know, we are the ones that have, you know, voices and platforms now and uh, and we've got our professional lives and so we, we have our certain take on it, but I don't think that that take is going to be the thing that's shaping the future. You know, I think it will be the take of, you know, the kids that are coming up, the, the younger generation and the attitudes that they have and what they're demanding from their companies, uh, both the companies that they work for and the companies that they use. I think another interesting thing that's going to help shift some of this is you mentioned before technology being involved in our personal life. And to me, I I would expand that and say that technology is just invading real life. So if you talk about IoT type of stuff, if you talk about these autonomous vehicles, Mm -hmm. we, we have parts of our life now that are being governed or driven by technology. And one of the tricky parts of technology that I don't think a lot of people have thought about up until this point is it really needs to work 100% of the time. If you're trusting it to be some level of autonomy, if you're trusting it to do this task, that trust has to be there and it has to be 100%. And as technology starts to taking over some of these real life use cases where it's not just you know counting numbers, it's not just looking for patterns, Working 100% of the time is a much more challenging yeah. uh, endeavor. And, and so I think that we are going to start to realize what the limits are there. And, and obviously, 
technology's capabilities are increasing. I mentioned in my presentation this week uh, Thomas Friedman, who wrote uh, The World is Flat in his latest book, Thank You for Being Late. He has a section where he talks about technology's capability increasing and our ability as a society or maybe an organization to incorporate that technology. And we've always outpaced technology's capability. So technology capability grows and we're able to absorb that. And then technology capability grows some more and we're able to absorb that. But now because the capabilities are so great uh, because of the computing advances that have been made because of networking effects, technology capability is beyond our ability to absorb it. And then of course it grows exponentially from there. And I think we're realizing that. I think we're kind of realizing that we're up against some of these limits and we have to think a little bit more before we just hand over the keys to the kingdom. And uh, so I think that the, the younger generations coming up will, will see that happening. They'll have the experience and they'll be maybe a little more cautious, not only about how they manage themselves and their life, but uh, where they want to kind of institutionally give technology as much leash uh, as maybe it's been being given right now. Well, you said something interesting to me earlier, maybe last week we were discussing this topic. Should we be in the business of uh, just because we can do it, should we be doing it from a technology perspective? And I, and I, and I speak to the, you know, the, the self-driving cars, I guess. And, and I know that's going to be the future and we're going there. But right now, I don't know that we're there yet. And we see these few casualties that happen. And, and, and it brings, I think what you said was just spot on. It's like, just because we might be able to do this, should this be our, our, our pursuit that we, ha- that, that we should be doing it? And maybe we need to have more thinking about whether these things are a good idea or not. They might be cool, but they might not be a good idea necessarily. And not speaking specifically to self-driving cars. I know that, um, you know, that that's kind of a fait accompli in some way that that's, that's definitely going to be something that we deal with in the future. But it just, I don't know that there's enough reflection on where we want to go before we start going there. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I, I have seen some criticism of that uh, in, in, the, in the news about, you know, some of these large companies that have become as powerful as any country. Uh, and, and so when you are that powerful, do the, the people that you have on board, are they all data scientists and software programmers writing algorithms and artificial intelligence and machine learning? Or do you have some people that can provide that societal impact? And do you have sociologists that are saying, mm. it, now that you've built a community of 1 billion people, this is what it might look like. And this is how we might have to govern, not just you know sell ads or drive engagement or whatever, but we have to be more aware of that. I don't know that any company up to this point in history, again, has had that scope where they've really had to think about that. I guess if the, if the, if the trick in regulation is the fact that consumers are coming to your platform because you're providing that superior experience, the flip side of that is you have to take care of those consumers in some way. And, and I, I just don't think that's been a natural thing, especially coming out of Silicon Valley, coming out of a, a startup you know, culture where you're focused on growth and, and growth is the way that you exit and you uh, eventually go public or whatever. Uh, if those are the things that you're focused on, that's, that's all very traditional and historic. But we're, we're reaching a new point now where I, I think we, we have to think about not just what is the technology doing and, and how is it being integrated into life, but 
how are we preserving our humanity? Uh, and I think we see that even kind of beyond technology, just in politics and, and, and the things that we have. The biggest questions that I feel that we're facing are, how do we be human to each other? And if technology is going to be a major part of that, I think that the tech industry has to be asking that question. Yeah, I mean, all you need to do is watch a few episodes of Black Mirror to realize how wrong things could go. And I don't know if you watch that show, but you if you don't, you need to. Because it's really, it's a sci-fi take on the the negatives, the potential negatives of, of a technological society and how things could just go completely awry. It'll freak you out beyond belief. But it's a good cautionary tale. And I think anybody who's thinking about these big thoughts that we're talking about here today, you know, take a look at some of those episodes. And you can you could see these as, as potentially becoming reality. And, and it should scare you. Uh, and, and I think it has, you know, huge huge implications for some of these big tech companies and how they're going to regulate themselves going forward, the message that they want to send. And then again, like we started out talking about, it's not just about the companies themselves, but all of us, it's incumbent upon all of us as individual users to figure out and manage our own tech behavior. And I think that's going to be really important. Yeah, I think deep, we have interesting deep thoughts, deep thoughts Seth. Very yeah, deep. I know. Sometimes we sometimes we go pretty deep on volley. Not yeah. not all the time. We probably couldn't do it every other week, but uh, every once in a while, yeah, we we try to wrap our arms around the world. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think it will be interesting uh, going forward here because I I think like you said at the very beginning, tech industry has reached a new stage of maturity, and they're not the little guys anymore. They're the big big guys and. What do you do to make sure you're not the big bully uh, when when it comes to that case? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Totally agree with you, my friend. All right. Well, uh, have a great weekend. I I wish warm weather for you, but uh, no, we're getting snow. Yeah, so, I think those wishes uh, I'm just, are. I'm going fall zen, as I often snow. say with the whole thing. I'm just gonna have to accept it, move forward. <laughs> but. Uh, good luck next week. I know you're going to Vegas for an event, and I hope that goes well for you. And uh, I will see you again in June. That'll be, I think, the next time I see you. I'll be out at HQ. All right. Well, uh, I will definitely talk to you in a couple weeks, and uh, take care until then. All righty. Bye-bye.